Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. This is what it says, and I'm going to read from the New King James, and it's, it's only three verses of scripture. We're only, only going to read two of them. We're only going to read two of them. And this is what it says, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. I'll read three just because. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing. The Lord commanded the blessing in unity. The Lord commanded a blessing in unity. But we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to deal with a topic that's not related to the text. And then I'm going to, God has given me some points in the text. Uh, and then uh, we're going to loop back around and deal with the story I started with in the introduction. And then we're going to deal with the text. And we're going to talk about unity. And then we're going to raise up. And then we're going to bounce. All right. Let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you because this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I ask right now that you would just send your anointing into this house. Lord God, I pray right now that you would sweep through every single chair and each and every single uh, person and each and every single instrument and each and every single form of communication. I ask right now that you would send your power, Lord God, your preaching power that makes it very simple, Lord, that even a child could hear and not hear. We thank you for this and all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. 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 In 1961 through 1965, there, there, there was a war that was fought in this country between uh, 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 the North and the South. And, and it was known before the Vietnam War as the bloodiest war to have ever been fought. Uh, 620,000 people died in that war. And not only that, but over one million people were injured during this war. And it left the nation reeling. It left the nation rocked. Uh, because we can definitely see even the results today, uh, the ramifications of war and what happens when there are two sides that are put against each other. This war and this controversy it was surrounded by three things and why it started. There were state rights. State rights because the states wanted individual rights and the North, which was the union, wanted to, the government to rule over the uh, essential government to have the power. Uh, there was economic uh, interest because the South were the money makers because of the indigo and the rice and all of these crops, the sugar, they all came from the South. So they felt, well, we're doing so well, why do we have to pay taxes? So there was a rift between the North and the South because the North was more industrious. There was slavery in the country, which, which, which debated uh, the moral compass of a nation and, and what should go on and what should happen uh, uh, between the, 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 the heart issues as it related to heart issues, but, but not only that, but slaves were counted as three-fifths of a person. So if you had more slaves, your population determined how many senators you could have. It, depended, it determined how many congressmen you could have. It determined, amen, uh, the vote that you would have in a larger government. So there were all these issues that were going on. And because of these conflicts, it created an atmosphere for war. It created an atmosphere for war. Let me explain something to you about atmospheres. Atmospheres, uh, 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 this one was filled with angst. This one was filled with hatred. This one was filled with death. This one was filled with war. And there's a lot that can be said about atmospheres. You can tell a lot about what's going on in a place without ever, anybody ever opening their mouth. You can sense in the atmosphere what's going on. An atmosphere is a pervading or surrounding influence, whether good or bad. It's a spirit. It's a general mood. 
or what causes the temperature rise and gauge in an environment. You can sense what's going on in a place before anybody greets you, before anybody says anything, and everything that happens, it happens in a place because of what's going on in an atmosphere, and what happens in that atmosphere causes the culture in an environment. There are different types of atmospheres. We notice when we come into a place, there's a hostile environment, there's a peaceful environment, there's a joyful environment, there's an angry environment. You ever meet some angry people? Amen. There's a there's a there's a there's a there's a noisy environment. There's a loving environment or atmosphere. There's there can be a confusing atmosphere. Now here it is. There are many different types of atmospheres, but atmospheres are always set not by the place. Just rock with me. The atmospheres are always set by the people who come into the place. Oh, see, we're not just going to relegate this to church. I'm coming to church in a minute. I'm talking real life stuff. I've been, amen, uh, in quarantine for eight months. I just want to talk to some people. Is that all right? Is that cool? All right. So, 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 it's never the place that's the issue. The issue is always the people. So, if you get people that have rotten attitudes when they come into a place, oh, not nobody here. We all sweet and kind. But, 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 but there are some places that you go into and you can sense it. As a person is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. Because you sense an atmosphere. You can walk on your job and you can tell what type of atmosphere it's going to be. Oh, John is starting up again today. You know, the bosses, you can sense the atmosphere. You can walk into your house. I know this is church and everybody is fine and everybody loves each other and we hold hands and we sit there and we gaze at each other, but I guarantee you I walk in your house. Let me, let me, let me, let me just be a guest, a fly on the wall, and I guarantee you, I will, I will probably hear some things and see some things that I see, 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 we ain't gonna be singing about the generations being blessed. See, there are certain other things that happen when you're in a house because you know why? When you're in a certain place, you can sense what's going on. Every day you walk in, you, you know. On the ride over here, some people probably were saying something else besides bless the Lord. I'm going to help everybody out in today. You can walk into a school and sense what's going on. You can walk into a doctor's office and sense the atmosphere. Even dare say in church, when you come into church, you can sense the atmosphere and you can sense, amen, what type of spirit is being elevated and lifted up. And there are always, amen, atmospheres that we have to be sensitive of. This is why I don't like to sit in the back and I preach, amen. I've been preaching for 23 years and they want to, you know, back in the day, they would sit you in the back and, hey, doc, let them go out and do they think no 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 I want to get out there and experience the worship that way I can gauge how the atmosphere is and you know amen what you're walking into this you have to understand what type of atmosphere this is that we are living in and in order to make it in today's world let me help you out people of God you have to learn that no matter what atmosphere you walk into you as a child of God have the ability to shift your atmosphere so no matter what's going on in the house, when I walk up, I don't have to wait to, amen, amen, go to church to be, amen, blessed. But you understand that the Lord said that we are the church. So when we show up, we did not just show up, but when we showed up, the church showed up. And that's, amen, the blessing and being able to shift your atmosphere. I'm going to help you out, amen. Just a little while, just a little while, just a little while, just a little while. Just look at somebody and tell them, when I showed up, the church showed up. This is why he told David, he told Samuel, he told, he told, he told Joshua, he said, take off your shoes. Because where you stand is holy ground. 
I'm going to give you something. You, this is why many people don't know the power that they have. We're going to get to unity, trust me. Uh, you don't know the power that you have. He said, take off your shoes because the place that you stand is holy ground. There was nothing special about the place. But when God, with obedience, gets together, how many of you know you can shift whatever atmosphere? So it just wasn't ground, but it turned into holy ground. You need to know that when you leave this place and you walk down your street, you have the ability to shift your atmosphere. You have the ability to change things in your home. You have the ability to change things in your finances. You have the ability to change things in your family. You have the ability to shift the atmosphere on your job. And this is why God placed you there, not for you to just be an ordinary Joe or a sad Susie, but he placed you there to shift whatever atmosphere you've been placed in. This is why it says, amen, that God, amen, reminds us that the places that we are, it's because we've been called to shift it. Let me help you out for the church. I'm getting to a point, y'all. When God calls us to his place of worship, if you ever want to see God move, you have to create an environment that reminds him of heaven. Let me help you out. You take a fish. You can pull it out of the sea and the fish can still survive. Why, pastor? Because if you put the fish in water in a bowl or a tank, the fish will be able to live even though it's not in its original inhabitant. But you placed it in an environment where it can do what it has to do. You can take an astronaut. An astronaut breathes oxygen on earth. We are people. You can put them in an atmosphere where there is no oxygen, but they'll still be able to survive. This is why because inside of their suit there is oxygen which allows them to move and be able to operate and do what it is that they have to do the same thing with God he said he inhabits the praises of his people so if you want God to shift your situation you have to learn how to do one thing you got to learn how to create an environment where God can show up and where God can move this is why praise and worship is so important it's not the formality it's not going through the ritualistic routine. It's not just singing songs, playing music or whatever it is that we do. But it's saying, God, I want you to show up because when you show up, miracles are getting ready to take place. When you show up, amen, breakthroughs are getting ready to happen. I don't need an ordinary touch. I don't need a regular Joe's Mo service. I don't need, amen, it's good to see everybody. But when I come in, I come to shift the atmosphere. I come to lift him up because because he is the king of kings and the lords of lords and you understand this amen he said if I be lifted up I will draw all men unto me God is saying on today will you just take a moment and shift your atmosphere right now it's your atmosphere so baby I don't need amen to make a whole lot of noise sometimes I was over there on the side having a good time as they were leading worship just walking back and forth because you know what I was doing I was marking my territory I said God right now just move right here in this little corner see sometimes you think it takes a whole lot sometimes you just need to pace your floor on the on the bedroom sometimes you just need to market amen in the on the job sometimes you just need to market amen dare I say if I can't get to a good Good place. I've learned how to worship in the bathroom while I'm sitting on the throne. I'm worshiping him on the throne. You need to learn how to worship him any place that you can get to. Him. Somebody say, Lord, any way you bless me, I'll be satisfied. This shift, here it is. The right atmosphere produces the right results. I want to give you three things that you have to learn how to do if you want to shift your atmosphere. Can I just talk about these three things? Is that all right? All right, I hope I'm not boring you, please. Amen. All right, all right. Um, so number one, prayer. Number two, praise and worship. Number three, expectation. I'm going to go through these very quickly, all right? We're going to get through this, then we're just going to tie right in to what I want to do for them. All right, because, because, because if you want to shift your atmosphere, you have to learn that, 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 Jesus prayed more than he preached. Jesus prayed more than he performed miracles. The miracles took place in a moment, but it says that Jesus woke up early morning hours and went away and withdrew himself to pray. So if Jesus had to pray, and the Bible says he's our example in all things, what makes you think that 
You have to be a person of prayer in order to shift your atmosphere. And here it is. See, watch this. Prayer gives heaven permission to get in your business. See, the reason why people won't pray, Pastor, is because they don't want God in their business. Oh, goodness, did I just get in trouble? I didn't plan on getting in trouble this early, y'all. Just give me a couple of more minutes. Uh, see, understand this. When God gets in your business, see, and when you begin to come to him, see, sometimes you can run out of stuff to pray. When you run out of stuff to pray, let me help you out. That means God wants to deal with you. See, we give God a list of what we want him to do. See, but prayer is saying, I'll I, I prove it. I'll prove it. How, how, how do you know God wants to get in your business? I'll prove it. This is why when Jesus prayed, he said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when you understand that, you know that God wants to intervene and get in your stuff. See, this is why it says over in Acts 16. Let me give you this as an example. In Acts 16, it talks about Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas, and as they were beaten and thrown in jail and locked up. And it says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing praises. And the Bible says that immediately the chains fell off of them. Not just them, but the chains fell off of everybody who was in the atmosphere. Your worship is not just for you. How many of you know that when you start to worship, you can loose the chains off of somebody else? When you start to pray, you can set somebody else free. See, when you stop thinking about you and all of your problems, you know your purpose, amen, that when I release this prayer, I am going to set everything in my atmosphere free. Let me help you. I thought for years, Ro Lee, everybody, I thought for years that God was breaking them out of prison. But I just told you, when you start praying, God comes into your situation. See, God wasn't breaking them out, but as they begin to pray, God was breaking in. If you ever want God to change your situation, begin to pray and the Lord will show up. I need God to intervene right now, not just on my behalf, but on behalf of the nation, the children, and the children show I need God to intervene on behalf of Kuhau. I need God to move in the hospital. When you start to pray, God begins to show up. So just look at somebody and just tell them this for me real quick. Just tell them, just tell them show up, God. This is it right here. Number two, praise and worship. Praise and worship. Praise is thanking God for what he has done. Praise says, Lord, I thank you for my job and I thank you for my home and I thank you I thank you for my health and I thank you amen I thank you Lord this is what praise does worship is thanking him for who he is that if I don't have the car, I'll still bless your name. That if I don't have the house, I'll still bless your name. If, if I don't get the job, I'll still praise you. If I don't, see, see, praise, amen, is coupled with worship because one side, you're thanking God for what he's already done. On the other side, you're blessing him simply for who he is. See, this is why it has to be a combination. Your praise is set to shift the atmosphere because when you begin to praise God, he says, listen, I can't get this from the owl. I can't get this from a lion. I can't get this from a jackal or a wolf or a dog or a cat. He said, I could get it from a rock, but I want the very thing. Let everything the Bible says that have breath, praise ye the Lord. And if you have breath, an inhale and an exhale, this is the reason why we were created to bless the Lord. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth and when you think about amen a reason that you don't have to praise him you need to understand amen that you are backed up in praise you owe him a praise for how he kept you from overdosing you owe him a praise for how he kept HIV from getting in your blood you owe him a praise amen how he kept your mind regulated when you should have lost it you owe him a praise amen because you went left amen and the, instead of going right and the person who went with Right, got shot. You owe him a praise. So sometimes if you think you run out of stuff, David said if I had 10,000 tongues, they still couldn't give God enough praise. And on today, amen, we come here to praise the Lord and shift our atmosphere. Oh, goodness. Isaiah 38, it talks about Hezekiah who was sick. And Isaiah went to him with a word and God said, hey, get your house in order because today you're going to die. Isaiah records that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. And as he turned his face to the wall, amen, Hezekiah said, 
Lord, I understand my sentence. But he said, but the grave cannot praise you. And God said, if you're going to praise me, I'll add 15 more years to your life. See, you don't know, amen, what is in store for you. But if you are a true praiser, God said, I'll give you increase and I'll give you extension. Does anybody have a praise in the house on today? The third reason, real quick, is God will shift it when you have an expectation. Expectation. Let me help you out. If you came to church today with no expectation, then you are going to get out, you're going to get in exactly what you're looking for. I'm going to come down here for a second. Y'all just keep recording. I'll be right back. I forgot how much I sweat. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. See, see, expectation. When Jesus showed up, there could not be any more business as usual. When Jesus showed up, there could not be, oh, this is going to be the norm. When Jesus showed up, the butcher couldn't butch. The seamstress couldn't show. The fishermen couldn't fish. The doctors couldn't practice. Because when Jesus showed up into a place, there was an expectation. Let me help you out. If you come to church, you need to put an expectation in the atmosphere. Because if you're not expecting anything, you're not going to get anything. So watch this, what I'm getting ready to say. I'm going to help you out. I'm about to help them out. I'm about to get into them in a second. Yeah, just, yeah that's still with me. Everybody okay? All right. Matthew 13, it says that when Jesus came into his hometown, after performing many miracles, he could not do many miracles in his hometown. You know why? Because they had no faith. Can I give you another word? They had no expectation. This is why, and the Bible records this, that when Jesus came around, because they were common with him, and he said, isn't that Jesus, Joseph's son? Isn't that Jesus? Aren't we with his sisters? Don't we know his family? Don't we? And because, listen at me, when you make an anointing common, you get nothing out of it. That's not just Roe, that's not just Lee, that's not just the leadership. Watch this, because if you make their anointing common, then you will water down the anointing that was put on their life to bless you and pull you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Yes, God is almighty and powerful, but how many of you know God uses people too? Don't ever look at your leaders as common. But you look at them as God's man and God's woman, and he will bless you because of your honoring who they are. And Rowan Lee, don't let anybody water down who you are, because let me explain something to you. I told you I've been preaching for 23 years. I passed it for people. You can draw a line. And no matter who it is, you're going to find somebody that's going to toe that line, and eventually they're going to cross over. And you're going to have to back up and create another line like Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. You have to understand that, amen, it costs you to be who you are. If you're a leader or not a leader, if you're a child of God, amen, I always say this, salvation is free, but your anointing is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you pain. It's going to cost you heartache. It's going to cost you betrayal. It's going to cause you hurt. It's going to cause you disappointment. It's going to cause you being lied on. But God is saying, those are the ingredients that I need to mix and make you into the man and woman that I'm calling you to be, and you don't get to become great by being ordinary, because if you go through ordinary trials, you'll have an ordinary anointing. But if you go through exceptional trials, you'll have exceptional anointing. And God is not calling you to be common. He's calling you to be exceptional. They want you to be common. Here it is. Here it is. Because when you come expecting 
but a draw on what's inside of their lives. And the price that they paid to be who they are is not in themselves, but it's because God has graced them to be able to do it. And you can't get something if you're expecting nothing. Watch this. Now I want to deal back with this Civil War thing. Then I'm going to deal with unity in about 15 minutes. And I want to pray and do what we got to do. I'm going to raise up. All right. That's cool. Talk back to me. I told you I'm going to take longer. Amen. See, as a result of everything that happened during the Civil War, this great bloodshed between the North and the South, the greatest travesty in this whole thing was that there was a divide in the people. Y'all hear me? There is nothing new under the sun. What we are seeing today, if you are a connoisseur of history, if you're a student of history, this is nothing new. Watch this. In light of everything that we see happening in the world, in this election, and I don't ever voice my political views while I'm preaching, and I won't do it today either. But hear me. It's not about red and blue. It's not about left and right. Y'all better hear me when I'm getting ready to say, I'm going to help you out. It's not about Democrat, Republican. It's not about an elephant and a donkey. But it's about the lamb. And when you understand who you are, let me help you out. Boy, I'm about to really get into it. Here's trouble point number two. If you are a believer in Christ, it didn't matter who won. Because they're not my savior. And if I survive other presidents, other times, then what makes you think this go round, God would not have let you survive? You need to understand, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it wasn't so much the people that I'm concerned about. It's not so much the people that I'm, you know, people are going to be people. Let me help you out. I just feel the Lord giving me an unction to tell you this. Let me explain this to you. People who don't know Jesus are liable to do anything. This is why you need to be careful. I mean, some people who do know Jesus liable to doing that. But you got to understand, people who know Jesus, they should know better. Amen. And it tells you where they are in their relationship with Christ. If they are more swayed by being red or blue than they are considered being, amen, the blood of the lamb being slain for them. You got to understand something. Amen. He is sovereign. Oh, let me help you out. Sovereign means everything is under his control. Even who he wants to be president. So you can get mad, you can throw a hissy fit, you can celebrate, you can march in the streets. Whatever your fancy is, then you do you. But I'm determining, amen, I'm more determined, amen, with what God wants me to be and what he wants done, amen, than I am concerned about a political party because he's sovereign and he's just and he was God before you got here and he'll be God when you leave. How many of you know, amen, he's still sovereign? something. If you don't do a God a favor, you don't do the Lord a favor by showing up. 
But you understand that I owe him this because if it was not for him and his sovereignty, we would have been wiped out a long time ago. Hear me, promotion comes neither from the east or the west, but promotion comes from God. And whatever God wants to do in that season, we have no choice but to simply to accept it. Jesus even understood it and said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And you can't throw a tantrum when God makes a decision. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. So the nation is divided. The nation is divided. And Abraham Lincoln gets up and Abraham Lincoln says in a quote as he addressed the house, he said, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. He was making a quote in the house, but I want to tell you, he was quoting, amen, Matthew 18, amen. Jesus said when they accused him of driving out spirits by the power of Beelzebub, he turned around to them. He said, oh, yes, Satan does have a kingdom. Watch this. But his kingdom is not divided because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Hear me, even Satan, amen, kingdom is organized and structured, and Jesus complimented it. Because he understood something. Nowhere in this Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, will you ever see two demons fighting against each other. You'll never see two witches fighting against each other. You'll never see two soothsayers fighting against each other. But it's only in the kingdom of God and with God's children do you see people fighting each other left and right over issues, amen, that really have nothing to do with nothing. And God is saying, amen, we got to get order back into the church and begin to move as one, amen. That's where the power begins to fall. That's where the anointing really lies when God's people unite, amen, and declare, amen, for God I live and for God I die. Hear me, at this time it's winding down. I want to get this to you. Why do you think the enemy causes so much chaos and confusion amongst God's people? Because he knows if we ever come together, amen. How many of you know, you throw one snowflake at me, I'll be able to just take it. But if you form an avalanche and you come rolling down a mountain, that takes a whole lot of force and a whole lot of power. And God, amen, is saying, Kuhau, if you want to make an impact, it's not in the numbers, it's not in the amount, but it's in the oneness that God is calling you to. And when you begin to move as one, watch God begin to move in a great and mighty way. Somebody just holler at your boy and say, one. Oh, y'all saying it like y'all sleep. I'm going to preach another 30 minutes. You better say it like you mean it. Somebody say, one. He woke up on that one. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Genesis 11, it talks about this. It says, amen, that as they begin to build this tower called Babel, I talked about this before when I was here, this tower, amen, it says the Lord, Jesus, the Lord God looked down and he said, if as one people they begin to do this, they're going to accomplish what they set out to do. So God said, let me go down and confuse their language so that they weren't able to continue this building. Let me help you out because what you're trying to build, if you don't include God, it won't work that right there. I'm going to help us on today. It talks about, amen, in 2 Chronicles, amen, 7, it talks about the, the temple being built. And it says as the temple was being built, amen, that, that there were Levites and priests, amen, and Solomon made a prayer, amen, and, 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 and all of these, these people of God begin to come in and worship the Lord because as one people they built this temple. Now watch this. So much so that as they built it, amen, and begin to worship God, the Holy Spirit, amen, Amen. Even though the fire of God came down and consumed their altar so much to that anything that was not like God had to get out. This is when God's people begin to come together and move. Amen. Kuhau, you got to get together and pray and bind and fast until fire falls from heaven. I don't know about you, but in these days and times, I need fire to fall from heaven. I need fire to fall and ignite until age disappears and cancer got to go. I need fire, amen, that when my preaching comes forth. It's not just mere words, but it's cutting the very darkness in hell and have I need fire, amen, to set the captives free and let people know that there's hope in Jesus. On the day of Pentecost, it says that as they were in one place with one accord, that that's when the Holy Spirit came. It's when God's people begin to move 
has won. One, one. God is saying, amen, you got to prepare to move as one. All right, I see the time, and I'm about to get ready to close it up. This is what I want you to understand. God is saying, bro, you can't pass the people who don't have your rhythm. When Jesus got ready, not only does there have to be oneness, but there has to be order. You can't be a person who wants to be used by God if you can't follow order. Jesus got ready to feed the 5,000. Like I told you before, he wasn't just out there just running around with fish sandwiches. Jesus didn't have time to run around. Do you want tartar sauce? you want hot sauce? What you want? You know, jalapeno, amen. What you want? What flavor? Jesus didn't have time. Jesus took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. That's your leadership. Now watch this, what I'm getting ready to say. Watch this, watch this. But he told them to tell the people to sit in groups of 50. Because God can't do a miracle in your life until you learn how to be a person who understands order. Let me help you out. The Lord says, before I can bless you with your own, you must first be faithful with that which pertains to somebody else. See, because if you learn how to bless somebody else, God says, then I can trust you and bless you with your own. When Balaam got ready to curse Old Testament, y'all still woke, come on, stay with me. When Balaam got ready to curse the people of God, and the prophet took him up top, and he looked and he saw the organization of the tribes because they were in order, because they were unified and together. The person who came to curse them realized he couldn't even curse them because God was with them. Let me help you out. When you begin to move in order and oneness, even the very enemies who came against you will have to turn around and eat their words. Let me tell you something, because if God said, if I be for you, I am more than the whole world against you. How many of you know that God is saying, get ready to move as one, Kuhal? Somebody say, one. Do not move with people who do not have your rhythm. John was able to write revelations. John was able to write, amen, a book, a gospel in the New Testament that was not included or a part of what is known as the synoptic gospels. Hear me what I'm getting ready to say. Hear me what I'm getting ready to say. Because John, it says that he was the disciple whom Jesus loved. And every time you read, I want y'all to get this, in the New Testament, it says that John had his head on the chest of Jesus. The head on the chest of Jesus is where his heart is. So he was able to write the, uh, the, uh, the, episode, uh, the, the, the apocalyptic book because he was able to hear the rhythm of Jesus' heart and give a revelation. And you have people who are trying to give a revelation, but they don't know the heart of Jesus. Oh, goodness. So, so, so here it is. Only move with people who have your heart. And if they don't have your heart, then they have an abnormal beat. Do not put people in positions. Don't let them do things because they don't have your heart. And if they don't have your heart, then they don't have your spirit. Hear me. Catch the rhythm. Can you just put your hands together like this? All over this house. I'm going to show you what happens. Everybody, come on. Everybody. Come on, a little louder, y'all. I've been preaching and sweating more than y'all been sitting. Come on, help me out. This is what happens. Keep going. When you have your pastor's heart, nobody clapping to their own beat. I know you may want to go faster. I know you may want to go slower. 
Come on, y'all. But when you have their rhythm, then this is what happens. It is like the oil that is poured on Aaron's head and it runs down to his beard and then down to the skirts and was sampled, keep going, was sampled not just in Rowan Lee, but she has the rhythm. He has the rhythm. She has the rhythm. Now watch this. So that even if they're not here, the church can still be blessed because you have your leader's rhythm. Give God a hand clap of praise right there. Come on, somebody just open up your mouths and bless the Lord. If you have the rhythm, come on, declare amen. Somebody just say, I got it. Here it is. But you can't have unity with your leader. I've got four minutes. I'm getting ready to bounce. You can't have unity with your leader until you have unity with God. There are people in here, and I sensed it when I came in. You came, you're watching, but you're tired. You're tired. Some people are tired because the outcome didn't come out the way that you thought it should. Some people have lost their fire, their vigor, and their drive. The Lord said, come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You've been trying to do this thing on your own for way too long. But God is saying on today, I'm ready to give you an exchange. I'm going to exchange beauty for ashes. You give me this weight. He said, and not just give it to me, but when you give it to me, I want you to learn of me because I am meek and lowly in heart and I will give you rest. How many of you know, amen, that God is calling for you to have unity with him before you have unity with anybody else? Right where you are, just declare, I'm making an exchange. I'm exchanging my tiredness for his strength. For the Lord says, where we are weak, he says, I am strong. But he said, I need you to give it to me on today. Somebody say, amen, I'm giving it to him right now. Number two, amen. Number two, you got to have unity with your family. There are certain things, amen, that I've learned and understood that are out of my control. As it relates to my family, as it relates to everything concerning me, I cannot serve the Lord for everybody, but I can make a declaration. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What are you declaring over your house? I declare, amen, that not only will I be blessed, but my seed will be blessed, and my children will be blessed, and my children's children will be blessed. Not only will they be blessed, but they'll be saved. They'll be living for Jesus. They'll be preaching and delivering the word. You need to begin to speak things over your family and declare it, amen, so even when they act like fallen angels instead of angels. over them. Come on, worship team. Y'all can come on out here. Amen. I'm going to come down here in a second because I want to give you this right here. here. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. Ah, amen. I couldn't do that. Amen. Six months ago. But thank God. Amen. For the other 50 pounds that came out. See? Let me help you out. Let me help you out. Pastor, can you come here for a second, please? I usually don't call pastors up for illustrations. Amen. But this is my brother and I can do that. Come on, Rue, I want you to come over here too because Lee behind that door and I don't know, amen, what she doing, amen. So, she did, she did, she did, okay, all right, she did, uh, all right, get out of here, Rue. Come on, Lee, I need you to come down here for one second, please, just for one second, amen. And then you can go back up top. This is what I mean by unity in the family. I need y'all to come here for a second. I'm gonna use y'all for the illustration, is that okay? Make quick ones. I need y'all to turn this band back to back. Back to back. Now, now this is usually what happened this illustration before and remember the old school Batman and Robin not the new one the old school one amen amen there you go with Adam West amen the real Batman see what happens is this see 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 what happened is the penguin would come along and the penguin or the joker or the riddler or whoever it was they would they would always find themselves in a situation where they were tied up and they were over some lava or whatever 
henchmen, amen, they would be getting the henchmen, and then one of them would get in trouble, usually Robin, amen, and then, and then, and then Batman would try to help them, and then they both get knocked out, and then now, now they, they, they tied up, and they over rob them, or whatever, getting ready to die. So then they say, will they get out of this? And the thing starts dropping lower, and they say, turn, tune in the next time, same bad time, same bad channel. And this is what would happen. As they were tied up, and as they were uh, over the lava or whatever, Batman would say, Robin, reach in my utility belt and get me the grappling hook. And Robin would reach over and get it, and then Batman would twirl it, amen, and they would now kick against the wall, and they would kick against the wall, and they would get out of it, amen, and the henchmen would come back, and they would beat them up, say, just like that. See, but this is what happens. The penguin was the one who attacked them. Now, wouldn't it have been foolish if they are in this situation, right? And then Batman turns to Robin and say, you punk. You need to learn some karate and get into jiu-jitsu classes or some MMA. Amen. You need to do something amen, because I'm tired of bailing you out every time you get in trouble. Well, it ain't my fault. You ain't never around to teach me. You always fooling around with Alfred. You always in the city. See, see, see. And what happens is, see, it was the penguin who was the one who committed the crime. And after he commits the crime, he runs away. And they're left arguing with each other, not understanding that we have a real live enemy. And this time, she may be Batman and he may be Robin, and next time he may be Batman, and she may be Robin, but what you got to understand is if God puts you on the same team, that one person has something that the other person needs to get out of the situation, and if you turn on each other, you'll never get out of it. enemy wants you to keep fighting each other and keep turning on each other and keep bickering and keep fighting. Amen. And the whole time, the rope is lowering into the lava. But the Lord sent me here on today to tell you, amen, that what God has put together, let no man set asunder that, amen, God has placed you in each other's lives, amen, for a reason. And you need to determine that you're not my enemy. I'm not your enemy. We have one enemy and we're going to fight the enemy together because because one can chase a thousand and two can chase ten thousand. So we gotta learn to stop fighting each other and understand that we're on the same team. God bless you. Thank you. Give your pastor, amen, and pastors, amen, a hand clap. Last one, and then we're gonna play. Worship team, y'all ready? Y'all ready? I'm gonna have to roll the next one because my memory ain't that good, and I know if I just put it up here. Unity with yourself. You can't be honest with anybody until you learn how to be honest with yourself. How many of you, amen, have broken your own integrity? I ain't eating no more cookies no more. Oh, I'm getting up 5 o'clock in the morning and I'm going to the gym. Oh, let's believe I'm drinking a gallon of water a day. Oh, 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 oh. And then the moment you break it, you start to make excuses. Well, I'm going to double up tomorrow. Well, it's only one cookie. It's only, and the next thing you know, the whole sleeve gone. See, understand, understand it. See, 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 see. In order for you to be blessed by God, you got to learn who you are. And you don't get to be blessed by God until you learn how to be real with yourself. You want to know why God uses me? It's not because I'm great or... Uh, they got other preachers and other friends that they could have called. God uses me because I'm real with myself. I don't try and put up a front... I don't try and act holier than thou. I don't try and act like I'm something that I, I'm a real person with real issues. I got, power, I got marital problems. I got money problems. I got all types of problems. But you know what? Amen. I'm not like that publican who was standing there saying, Lord, I give my tithes every week and Lord, I do this. and Lord, I'm like, amen, the, 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 the Gentile who ripped his shirt and said, Lord, I'm a sinner. And as long as you have grace on me, amen, I'll be able to make it. Those are the ones that God can use. You got to be real with you. And until you are real with you, 
God will only have to bless a carbon copy of something he never created. He's looking for the real you so he can bless you. Where are the people who are ready to be real on today? Real. I, I, I need to be real, man. I need to be real. You need to be real. God is saying, amen. Amen. You keep giving me, amen, something off the rack. And I want the designer's original that I created. Lastly, I'm going to teach you how to get blessed by God. And this is it, y'all. I ain't got nothing else. You got to learn how to be at unity with your leader. Watch this, what I'm getting ready to say. Bible says in Romans, he said, muzzle, I mean, Galatians chapter 5, he said, muzzle not the ox while he treads. Because if you cover his mouth and he can't eat, then he can't tread and produce something for you that is going to feed you and get you to the place you need to be. So this is what it says. It says, let him who receiveth teaching communicate back to him who teacheth in all good things. Then it says, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. That which a man soweth, he shall also reap. Oh, karma, 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 karma ain't nothing but sowing and reaping. The Bible. So, if Roe is sowing into me and I'm receiving and Lee is sowing into me and I'm receiving and the leaders are sowing into me and I'm receiving and now I'm being blessed I have just broke a spiritual law if I don't pour back into them after they poured into me Let me tell you something, and, and, and let me tell you something. My heart is for leaders and pastors. That's where my heart is. I, I, I minister, talk to all day long leaders, pastors, people, all different types of walks, all different types of life, all different years ranges, all these different things. And this is it right here because I love pouring into leaders because I am a leader, and I know how it feels to have your family broken church receive blessing and people getting raises and people getting jobs and people getting houses and people getting cars and people being moved and people all these things and you just want somebody just to come back and just say thank you people have a bad habit of forgetting Can I just say this? I'm getting ready to close. Amen. This is why you need keepers of the flame. And I'm charging everybody in here on today. Keepers of the flame. What do you mean, Pastor? Keepers of the flame. Keepers of the flame. The Bible says, amen, when David was younger, he went out and he killed the giant. But the Bible also says later on, amen, in 2 Samuel, that Goliath had five sons. Oh, y'all didn't know that, did you? Goliath had five sons. And later on, when David was older, he went out and tried to fight the giants like he did in one season, not understanding that the season had changed. And them giants like to tow him up. But he had men who were with him. And they killed Goliath's sons because they had David's rhythm. But they said to David, you can't come out and fight with us anymore lest they destroy the light of Israel. 
Light means revelation. Light is vision. Light is the heart of God. Hear me. And if the light goes out, the whole house is in trouble. You have to learn how to be keepers of the flame. What is it, pastor, that you need? What is it, pastor Lee, that you need? What is it that you want? What is it that, that you desire? What is it that, hear me, what I'm getting ready to say, this is not a knock, Rue. I will know how much Reuben loves me by what he gives me. Watch this. I will know how much Reuben loves himself by what he gives me. Because if he don't think much of himself, then what he gives me won't be much. But I can tell how much he loves me. Because if he gives me love, then that love is reciprocated right back to him. Amen. And how many of you know it's a reciprocation thing? Amen. That if you bless me, I have no choice but to be good to you. And when people, amen, make it one-sided, how many of you know it becomes a seesaw instead of a circle? Everybody's standing all over this house. Amen. I'm done. I'm done because I sense what God is saying and doing in this house, y'all. Do you love Jesus on today? How many of you are ready to unify on today and move into a greater place? Can we just give God a hand clap of praise, amen, right where we are? Is that all right, Pastor? Pastor, okay, I'm done. I'm done. You want me to pray for the people for you? Listen, unity is what the Lord is calling for on today. This is anointed bottle of water. Let me tell you. It, 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 it's, it's been dropped and fallen and beaten and, and dented up, amen, but it's still here, amen. I want you to determine on today, this is not about anything else other than Jesus Christ on today and, and, and what he's done in the leadership's lives and what he's done in his ministry lives. But my prayer on for you on today is that you will remove yourself so that God's glory can be seen. I want to remove me. And when you remove you, you become a servant. You become a servant. Watch this. And Jesus, who's the greatest of us all, and suffer being ended, Come here for a second, Frank. One second. Let's sit right here. Let me get right by y'all. And supper being ended, Jesus took off his towel and got down and started washing feet. Watch this. Because I like to get pedicures. And you learn in reflexology That if you don't touch, everybody wants to touch the head. But if you want to touch the body, you learn how to touch the feet. Because if I touch your feet, then I've touched your kidneys, I've touched your stomach, I've touched your back, I've touched your eyes, I've touched everything. And people, if you want to touch the body, Learn how to get low and touch feet. But you will never touch feet if you think it's all about you. Listen, all we're going to do is play our part. All we're going to do is play our part right where you are right now. I just want to pray for you. We bind COVID. We bind all that other stuff. We bind it right now. But right now, I pray for each and every single person in this room. Holy Spirit, touch them right in their spirit and in their heart. Lord, right now, we come against any spirit that has come in and tried to creep in and cause division. 
We come against words that were spoken over this ministry through political parties and affiliations and feelings, Lord God, instead of faith. We curse it and cancel it out right now, and we send it back to the pit of hell from which it came. We speak unity over this ministry. We speak blessings over the people. We speak right now, Lord God, for a fresh renewing even right now. Lord, we thank you for a greater outlook of where it is that you're taking us to. We pray right now that Staten Island will never be the same, Lord God. Not because of how great we are and not because of something we've done, not because of a sermon we preached, a dance we've danced, amen, but be we great because we've learned to move together as one. We've learned, Lord God, to connect, amen, heart to heart and spirit to spirit. We've learned, Lord God, that when one of us hurts, we all hurt. We'll learn, Lord God, that when one of us is in need, we're all in need. Lord God, we'll learn, Lord God, to support one another and lift each other up, amen, in our hours of sorrow and in our hours of joy. We'll pray, Lord God, that we would be like Aaron and her, that when our leaders get tired, that we'll make it comfortable for them because they didn't ask up for it and they didn't try and fleece the people. And they didn't try and manipulate the body. And they didn't try and do it for selfish gain. But Lord, they did it because they loved you. And Lord God, the Aaron's and hers will undergird them. Because as long as Moses' hands were up, the people won the battle. We thank you, Lord, for this on today. And we say it is so. Who how? Just lay hands over your hearts right now. And just declare, Lord, we need your rhythm in order to keep it together. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a hand clap of praise right where you are. Come on, amen. Were you blessed on today? Amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right where you are, just lift your hand up. Where are you? If you don't know Jesus and you want to accept him into your heart right now, it's as simple as this. Believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, then Jesus Christ is Lord. Just say right now, quick prayer. Just say, Lord, I accept you and I believe in you. And right now, I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.